There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Welcome to episode 29 of the Digital Freemason Podcast. I'm your host, Scott, and I'll be taking you along on my excellent adventures through the world of short and sonic educational papers. I'm taking uh, the short part to light this time around, as I found a pretty good paper. It's quite short, especially when compared to last week's episode that ran a bit long. But this one deals with sort of the blending of the legendary and historical aspects of uh, Freemasonry. Sort of the two tend to not be really synonymous. Uh, Historical is based on fact, legendary is based a bit on fiction. This piece was found uh, while searching the internet and was written or published in February 1951 and don't really know who the author was, so we'll just get going on it here. In deciphering ancient history, there is always the question as to how much is legendary and how much is historical. With an institution like Freemasonry, whose teachings reach back into thousands of years, such problems inevitably present themselves. There are indications of Masonic teachings as far back as 22 centuries before Christ. In one of those, the oldest class of China will be found a directive that officers of the government need apply the compasses. Writing in the pentagram, the official Masonic Gazette of the District Grand Lodge of the Eastern Archipelago, which comprises the Malaysian area, C.L. Edwards wrote in 1949 and calls to attention in an article, Legend or History, which to the fact that in the 5th century BC, a work entitled Great Learnings says that a man should refrain from doing to others what he would not want him done to himself. This the writer characterizes as acting on the square. In a similar manner, Confucius and his disciple Mencius measured proper conduct with the compasses and the square together with the level and the marking line. The historic stones of ancient Egypt give further proof where it needed. Mysterious rituals practiced at Memphis were described by Plutarch. There were two groups of these orders. The lesser one allowed a large membership, and the greater one restricted its membership. The lesser embraced dialogues and ceremonies, and had signs and passwords. But the great order confined its membership to those few who proved that they were capable of receiving the secrets of science, philosophy, and religion. These had to undergo trial by ordeal before they were held eligible to receive, by symbols, the highest wisdom to which man had up to that time attained, namely the fine arts and the laws of nature as well as of faith. A central theme, that of immortality of the soul, runs through many of these great mysteries, and, spiritually at least, masonry is held by many to be the descendant of the great ancient mysteries. For instance, along about 1800 BC, the Grecian mysteries depicted the death of Dionysus. There was a stately ritual which led the the neophyte from death to immortality. Similarly, the Druids, as far north as England, conducted candidates from bodily secrets to spiritual perpetuity. A considerable time prior to the coming of Christ, the mysteries preached the same general theme, birth, life, death, and immortality. Plato's interpretation of the mysteries was that they were intended to teach purity, 
to lessen and, if possible, cure cruelty, improve morals and manners, and to instill a strong consciousness of human responsibility. There was clearly no mystery as to what was taught. The only secrecy was as to it the rites and the symbols used. The fortified isle of Lake Como in northern Italy was the seat of a colony of architects known as the Comencines. They had fled the, from the ruins of Rome. In the Roman Empire, spe special privileges were extended to the College of Architects. They were presided over by masters and wardens. They used the simple tools of the builder as their emblems. The ruins of Pompeii have revealed much information about these architects who had settled on the fortified isle in Lake Como. They are credited with having carried their knowledge of architecture to Germany, France, Spain, and England. Masonic authorities have characterized them as Freemasons because they were builders of, of, of a privileged class. Relieved of the duty of paying taxes, absolved from servitude, and free to travel about in time of feudal bondage. In England, their descendants are credited with being responsible for many of England's most magnificent structures of the early centuries. And one fact stands out to show that the camaraderie of these architects and builders. During the reign of Henry II, and many years after the arrival of St. Augustine, there were built in England over 150 cathedrals, churches, and monastic buildings. And, despite the ravages of World War II, many of these magnificent buildings exist today and reveal superb symmetry and exquisite beauty. Yet the name of no, not one individual is associated with any of these buildings. The theory is that they were built by communities of, or lodges of operative masons living in the precincts of the, each building during the process of its erection which must have been a long and laborious undertaking. When the operative element and speculative masonry gradually merged, there re remained a system of a morality veiled in allegory and illustrated by symbols. A book setting forth a history of the Company of Masons of the City of London was published in 1375, and it shows that the word Freemasonry appears to have been used in England for the first time about the year 1350. The initiatory ceremonies of our prehistoric ancestors were the true origins of Freemasonry, according to some Masonic scholars. Masonry is an answer to those who unexpressed yearnings for the light which are to be found in all religious systems, and proves that the spiritual basis of Masonry is as old as the human race itself. As Mr. Edward so aptly states, On the floor of the lodge, men of all races and creeds are able to meet on common ground and make their devotions to a Creator who is neither God, nor Buddha, nor Allah, nor Brahma, nor Jehovah, but is yet each and all of these. The symbol of masonry, old and simple and universal, still has a magnetic appeal to bring men together in a bond of integrity and brotherhood and humanity. So I like that. That's... Uh, Sort of one of the things that led me into Freemasonry was uh, a lot of its historical, or I guess being rooted in the historical side of things. Um, I like to think of it as sort of a, a cultural handrail that takes me back through the years. And uh, it's the same handrailing that was used by men from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Now, possibly going back thousands of years ago. That's up for debate, but 
everyone to their own. And I guess once I find something that uh, makes me believe that it was, in fact, thousands of years ago, I'll, uh, I'll take it more as a history and a little less as legend. But there's something to be said about legend. It's oftentimes the, the legend has more impact than the history. Over the years, everything seems to get a little bit bigger, a little bit grander. And some of the warts tend to fade off. So it gives us something a little bit bigger to shoot for. I think back to watching movies like American Graffiti or TV shows like Happy Days and take a look at the cars that they were driving around at that time. They always seemed like the greatest cars around. And yet, if you compare them to the cars of today, they really don't hold anything against them. Cars today are much more reliable, much more fuel efficient and safer. And yet, we still look back on those cars of the 40s and 50s and pine about how wonderful a car that they were. So the old times were good, good times are better, and as long as we keep fo focusing ourselves on moving the right, right direction and making ourselves a little bit better, we'll all end up in a, a much better place. So until the next time, I hope everything goes good with you, and just remember to keep the shiny side up.